people i'm hitting tweet and that means we're live this is the ruben report direct message for september 29th 2020 and i got to tell you people i'm feeling good about the world because uh the first presidential debate is tonight if it's going to actually happen i'm still 50 50 on that uh because lord only knows what will happen over the next couple hours uh but Yes, assuming nothing crazy happens, there is gonna be a debate tonight. Obviously, I'm gonna spend most of the time today with some predictions, some thoughts. We'll talk about Trump's taxes. We'll talk about uh, the fact that in the last hour or so, the Biden people asked for two breaks. They wanted two breaks at half hour points in the debate. And uh, apparently a few days ago, he agreed to be checked for an earpiece. Now they're going back on that. I mean, just more theater, like there's no business like show business, folks. It's just, it's gonna be bananas, it's gonna be wild. You can already see the, the, the ground being laid for if you like Biden, why you know he's gonna win, and if you like Trump, why he's gonna win, and the rest of it. So we're gonna spend most of our time talking about that. And uh, I did wanna do one other quick story, because one of the things that I told you when we started this thing uh, was that I wanna do the things that are sort of culturally relevant and not just keep you in the weeds on all of the political stuff of the day. So I saw this clip, you know, I try not to tweet on the weekends as you guys know, and actually a whole bunch of you have started joining me in that adventure, which is pretty great. And I think it really helps with sanity and clarity and, uh, and just distancing yourself from the, the endless reaction to everything. So it's, it's been great that so many of you do that. So I try not to tweet on the weekends. And actually I didn't tweet yesterday either because it was Yom Kippur, which is the holiest day in the, uh, in the Jewish year. Uh, that is when you atone for your sins. Obviously I'm a man with no sin, but you know, I was there anyway, had a, had a bagel and, uh, and here we are. Uh, but a, a video did come across to me this morning that was posted, I guess, on Twitter over the weekend, and it was on originally on TikTok, which it's a little unclear to me whether TikTok is still a thing or is it legal or is it illegal, or Trump said he was getting rid of it, then there's a lawsuit to keep it, and it's a whole big mess. But whatever you think about TikTok and the Chinese government spying on our children through apps that go viral and that whole thing, uh, there was a really interesting video. It's, it's about 50 seconds. We're gonna show it to you in just a sec. Uh, of a young person, a young guy, I think it's a guy, it sounds like a guy, a young guy going up to two cops in a New York City subway station and then taping the interaction and presumably, presumably posting it because they think they came off looking good and that the cops came off looking bad. And I wanna show you this and then we'll, we'll talk about it after, but I wanted to show you this because I think people don't realize, really have any, um, insight into what police officers, not just in New York City, although I think it's, it's a particular brand of this in New York City, but all over the country are dealing with on a day-to-day -day basis and sort of these self-righteous people that just get in their face all day long and try to push them over the edge. So let's throw to the clip. If I don't wear a mask in the subway. What? Does the final part just me or to you guys if I don't all wear right. a mask? Okay. I'm just curious, like, 
Well, you got all the Actually, it states that as long as you can maintain six feet distance, you don't have to wear the mask. But you guys don't if you want to step within six feet of me, I'll gladly put on the mask. Okay. So would you like to do that? I mean, I feel like you guys are living less than six feet of each other. You're though. the one that approached us, so would you but want I'm to keep feet the away, distance? But I'm six feet away, though. I'm six feet away, though, sir. Okay, now we're six feet away, and you I got to put on my mask. I mean, I mean, you got, I mean, you should probably wear a mask during a global pandemic. You're the person that calls someone, you know what I mean? When someone's selling water bottle on the streets, you're the person that calls them. That's what you want. Alright, Carrie, you're like male version of Carrie. Oh, nice name. Really, sir? Oh, Wait, yeah. hold on, what's your name? Yeah, you're not gonna I'm ready to say. Okay, yeah, have thank a nice you. name, man. Thank you, you too. Yeah, you too. Take care, day. Karen. Thank you for your service, sir. Thank you for protecting us during a pandemic. Alright, so that line that one of the officers says, you're the male version of Karen, is is just so perfect. And again, I'm showing you this not to enrage you, not to do any of that, but just to understand what the average police officer is dealing with on a daily basis. These guys are sitting there minding their own business, they both come off as really freaking decent human beings, right? Um, they are apparently of different races. They're New York City police officers. They most likely went into that job to protect the public. They're not hunting anybody down. They're not acting in a racist fashion or bothering anybody. But this person thinks because he has this weapon in his face that he can get in their face, demand this thing about the masks and the six feet. Then the, the smug uh, way at the end, you know, thank you for your service. And it's like, I wanna get your name so I can get the mob to go after you, Mr. Police Officer. And, and that's why I wanted to bring up the video. It's not really because of the interaction, it's that thing that really is a, is a true sickness in our society. Like this kid, Basically, he saw them probably from a distance and then thought, this is my moment to get retweets or re-TikToks. What do they call it on TikTok? I don't know. Um, or, or whatever it is. Like, just get some notoriety to show you that the cops are bad. And meanwhile, they come off looking like absolute all-stars, patron saints, good people. And, and then he still posts it thinking, and that, that's the other part of why this thing is sort of a mental condition. He posts it thinking, oh, I came off looking good. Look how I made these cops look because they weren't social distancing. It looks like they're partners. And actually, if they've done their due diligence, which no doubt they have, they've probably been tested and, and they're making decisions on their own. You know, cops are free citizens as well, at least for now. So anyway, it was worth just showing because uh, if you see a cop, uh, maybe just give them a nod or a hand. I don't know if you can, are you allowed to handshake people? You can shake hands anymore, is that a thing? Or just, uh, or just say something nice. I, I've been trying to do it uh, here and again when I, when I see a cop on the street or on the corner when I'm walking my dog or whatever it might be. Uh, because by and large, these are, these are good people who go into service to, to keep the rest of us safe. And you know, it's like this kid, like so many of these protesters, it's the same thing. It's like, man, you know, if, if the mob ever went after you or if someone broke into your house or broke into your car or anything else ever happened, the first thing you do is call the cops. There's a, there's a really hilarious viral video from a few months ago where a bunch of uh, Black Lives Matter Antifa protesters are you know screaming the cops are racist, blah, 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 all the usual anti-cop stuff. And then some guy gets out of his car and he ha he's got some sort of weapon. It almost looks like Wolverine's claw. I'm sure a bunch of you saw this. And he runs at them and then, and then one of the girls is screaming, somebody call the cops. And it's like, Irony, you have been killed in 2020. Okay, let's let's move on because I want to spend the rest of the time. I've got about 20 minutes here. I want to spend the rest of the time uh, doing some pre-debate analysis and, and making some predictions. So first off, it seems like everything 
has led us here, right? Like it's finally going to get to a place where these two elderly gentlemen are able to talk directly to each other. Apparently they're gonna be doing more than the uh, six feet social distancing, social distancing, it'll be even wider than that. And I guess there are gonna be some people in the crowd, but it'll be pretty sparse. Um, so let's just go through the stuff that, that sort of everyone knows at the moment. First off on the, uh, well, I'll start on the Biden side. So on the Biden side, the, the major advantage that Joe Biden has that, that the media doesn't really wanna talk about, obviously, is that there are basically no to, to maybe very low expectations for Biden. If Biden can basically stand up there for the 90 minutes, the hour and a half, and not completely lose his train of thought, not completely butcher numbers and say the 200 million are dead because of COVID instead of 200,000, or just the rest of the crazy stuff that he's been saying. There was another video I saw this weekend where apparently like it appeared that he was basically thinking that Trump's name was John, like just like just this endless cascade of stuff that I keep telling you guys. The scandal is obviously not that something's wrong with him. Everybody knows there's something wrong with him. And again, I just don't think they expected him to break down this quickly. I think the party leaders and whoever's in charge of the DNC, they wanted him to get through the election, hopefully get voted in, obviously, and then you do what you gotta do, and then congratulations, we got President Kamala. Who that is, whether that's the DNC or the Obamas or the Clintons or something else, or without going too far down a conspiracy rabbit hole, like, I don't know who that is, but I don't think anyone thought he was gonna break down this quickly. Um, so in a certain way, he has a huge advantage here, right? Because the expectations are so low. Like he just has to basically go up there and not screw up. He has to be calm, be able to string some sentences together, and, and then it will basically look like a win for him. The expectations for Trump obviously are much higher because Trump basically is a good debater. Uh, and he's good on television. Whether you, whether you like Trump, hate Trump, whatever it is, I think most people would say, um, even, even most of the Hillary people last time thought that, that, I think, thought that he won two of the three debates. Obviously, that's, that's a bit subjective. But the point is, the guy knows how to work television. So forget wins debates, loses debates. The guy knows how to talk to a camera. He knows how to get a crowd going. He knows how to do it. And let's not forget, he has spent the last month traveling, being with crowds, feeling the temperature of the country. Biden, I did a story on it last week. Um, I think it was up to, as of yesterday, it was up to 11 times in September, he called a lid on his campaign by around 10 a.m. Uh, this phrase, calling a lid on a campaign, I had never heard before. I'm guessing you had never heard before. Uh, this is when they basically tell the press, yeah, we're done doing anything public for the rest of the day as if there aren't enough things that he could be and probably should be commenting on. Uh, now it's possible, people are saying he's been preparing for the debates. I mean, I, I don't know if that's true. That, you know, I, I suppose all of this will come to light one day because again, as I've been saying, the scandal is the non-scandal. So it's like when it breaks that they've been hiding this from the public, that, that the DNC has put up a candidate with dementia and, and everyone knows it or, what, or whatever's going on with him. And again, I don't mean to be glib about it. I don't think I'm being glib. I don't think I'm being sarcastic or even trying to be funny about it. It, it, just, it just is what it is. Um, and you have to comment on it if you see it. You know, one, one of the versions of fake news that I talk about in my book is that a type of fake news isn't just when they give you a fake story or when the, the headline doesn't really match the news itself. A type of fake news is when they won't touch a story because it doesn't fit the narrative. 
So the mainstream media doesn't want to touch the fact that something's wrong with Biden. And I tweet it out, and I'll do it again today, by the way. I'll do it, I'll do it when we finish this. Um, I tweet out every few weeks, you know, will somebody, you know, a blue check verified person on Twitter with a decent following, some public person, not, not just a genderless anime avatar of a fox, Will someone with a decent following who is who's supporting Biden, will you get out there and, uh, and go on the record and say that you don't think something's wrong with him, that you don't think he has either the early stages of dementia or some other cognitive problem? And I've tweeted this out a bunch of times and nobody will do it. And, and that's why last week when I was talking about sort of the failure of the liberals, it's like, where are the good, the good remaining liberals? Now I get it, the progressives, you know, they called in Order 66, they executed most of you, you've, you've had to run and hide in the hills, this is sort of the Barry Weiss, it's the, the IDW crew. It's like everyone's sort of gone now, uh, because the problem is, I think many of them, and many of the liberals, and you're probably, you, pro you might be one of these people, or you might have these people in your family, if you went so deep on the Trump derangement stuff, well then, even if you think Biden has dementia, or if you think Biden is just the, the, the empty shell that's gonna lead in the socialists, it's like you can't turn around and say, oh, the Hitler guy, he's actually better. So everyone is sort of stuck in their, in their weird sort of self-imposed prisons at the moment. Um, so look, the expectations for Biden are low. The expectations are Trump from, are, for Trump are high. So that, that asymmetry creates a problem. Now let's also remember, that you know this idea of winners and losers it's like this is this is very much a sort of media construct like someone will win you know like someone will do a better job than the other it's very rare that a debate ends and you're like boy they both really made a whole bunch of good points and i have to think further about what i'm going to do but the thing is that it's a media construct because most people at the moment you pretty much know who you're going to vote for uh, you may not be being public about it. Now that, that's an interesting thing that, that I've been thinking a lot about. And that again goes to what I was just talking about the liberals. I think there's a lot of the sane liberals who realize what's coming behind Biden with the Democrats and they're gonna secretly vote for Trump. But it's hard to imagine and I'd love to, uh, to hear your thoughts on this. So if you wanna comment in the YouTube comment section, although it, it's very hard to go in there and read anything. So the best way if you want me to read your thoughts on this, join us at Ruben Report. Dot com and you can comment and I jump in there and I talk to people and we've got live chat that we'll, doing, we'll be doing tonight during the debate. But I'd love to hear people's thoughts on this. Like the, the people that at this point are undecided, it's hard to sort of imagine what that mental state is, right? So if you're a traditional conservative, you're, you're voting for Trump or, or you're like a never Trumper and then you're gonna vote for Biden who stands for all the things that you're supposed to be against. I don't really understand it, but like I can get that that's a, a thought. And if you're a traditional Democrat, well, if you're into the progressive side of stuff, then you're obviously gonna vote for Biden and, and most likely you've gone so deep in the anti-Trump stuff that you can't, you can't negotiate it, as I just said, so you go there. But I think that the interesting group of people right now is the disaffected lefties, the walkaway people, but not the ones who fully walked away and said, okay, I'm moving this way. But it's all the other people who are sort of like, something ain't right with Biden. We know what's coming next with the Democrats. Like the socialists are here. That's the future of the party. And it's like, are you going to publicly support Trump or not? 
again, this, whether you like the guy, whether you think he's great or, or whatever it is like that. So the idea that basically there's this undecided group at the moment, it's hard to picture who that is. Um, because the sides really are so different. And you know, every, every election, of course they always say, this is the most important election, and this is the most important election of a generation. This is the one, not the one last time. We said it last time, we were kidding. This is the one. The thing is, this is the one. Like, this is it. This is it way more than last time, because last time, there were like, the, the, Trump last time was just this like crazy X factor that was being completely dismissed by the media. And basically the idea was, and, and this is what pretty much everyone was saying, hours into voting having started, you know, she, Hillary's got a 96% chance. And then we watched all the mainstream media people's head explode. The idea, now that was obviously an important election because had, had Hillary won, well, let's, let's try to do it this way. Had Hillary won, I think what would have happened is, all the sort of bad forces that we're seeing right now, the identity politics stuff and, and the critical race stuff and the movement of the socialists and all that, it would have been empowered in a certain way because the Democrat would have won. But in another way, it might've been tempered down because, because it wouldn't have had Trump to view as the ultimate evil. It would have viewed Hillary as evil, but Trump is the ultimate evil. He's even got a red hat, that seems scary. So, so it's hard to say what, what the world would look like right now, because I think in, in many respects, and this is what I've been trying to, to explain to my friends that are on the fence, especially the ones that are, that are lefties or ex-lefties, is that if, if Hillary had won, the, the forces that we've all been fighting against, against identity politics, the forces against big government and all of these things, they really, the screws of the machine would have been tightened. Right, because Hillary would have just been a continuation of those things. I'm not saying she would have been the worst president, and again, full cards on the table. I didn't know what I was gonna do when I walked into that voting booth, and I'm in California where we knew it was gonna be a landslide for a Democrat, and I ended up voting for Gary Johnson third party. I will not do that this time. Uh, I don't think I have the luxury of doing it, and I also think that the, the polls are gonna be so out of whack that I think everyone's vote counts in a, in a weirder, uh, more meaningful way than than usual because I just don't think the polls make any sense right now. I, I just don't. I just think there's there is something going on that mainstream cannot get. Mainstream just has even even if even if Biden wins by three points, let's say the average poll says he's up by three points right now. I don't think that will be indicative of the fact that the polls are saying that right now. I think everything is just so out of whack. I think so many people are not saying what they think that nobody, anyone telling you they know what's gonna happen right now, they're just, they're just lying to you. You can make your best guess, you can, you can try from you know, gleaning some information from the people in your family and your, and your circles, and then sort of what's going on nationally, but like just, just nobody knows. But in any event, I think if, if Hillary had won, the, the screws would have been tightened, the machine would have been sort of more calcified. Trump came and blew apart the machine, and now everyone's kind of all over the place. And the question really is, do you think that is better than if you're a Biden guy going back to the machine with Biden? But again, if you're going back to the machine, well, the whole base is telling you that the machine is evil, that America was founded on racism and the 1619 project and all of these really, really bad ideas. So it's, it's really hard it's hard to picture someone, when I talk about that, that group in the middle that hasn't made up their mind yet, that most likely decides this election, right? The Trump people are the Trump people and the diehard 
Democrats, I guess, are the diehard Democrats. That's just harder to define right now what that is. But that, that group in the middle, I'm just, and maybe I'm wrong on this, but I'm finding it very hard to figure out a way that they are gonna break towards Biden. But anyway, let's, let's get this back to the, to the debate tonight. Low expectations for Biden, high expectations for Trump. Uh, we know that what, what will go viral, like what are the stuff that, uh, when they say winners and losers, it's like who got more laughs, who seemed more human, who was happier, who connected with the people. Um, but I think you know what we should all remember is that you know what debates do basically are just help craft the narrative, right? So it's like you know somebody wins one and then they'll say, well, he won the last one. Now if he wins the second one, he's really set himself up to win the third one. But if he wins one, loses the second, now it's anybody's choice in the third. But the real question is, does that change any votes? Of course, what the other question is is, do the votes even matter? Because there was another story. Uh, that broke over the weekend uh, by Project Veritas, and and you could say that you don't like Project Veritas or some of that you don't like some of the things they've done. They they actually have a pretty decent track record, and in a world where the media is completely collapsing, I think they probably proudly put their track record of exposing things up to against any mainstream outlet. Uh, but they've got this ballot harvesting video that's uh, that's spreading like wildfire. It's got over a million views already. Um, and it comes out of Ilhan Omar's district in Minnesota, where they're basically just taking ballots and dumping them in the garbage. There's a video of it and people talking about it. So you should check out the Project Veritas video. Um, so again, that goes to like what, you know, it's, all, it's a lot of theater, like this is all theater. It's sort of like the show must go on, right? And we can enjoy the show or you can hate the show or you could be part of the show or not be part of the show. But at the end of the day, uh, this is about what people do on election day. Um, I mean, oh, you know what? Let me let me stop for a second and, and shift back to, to Trump and the tax thing because I, I mentioned I would talk about that for a sec um, because it's obviously gonna come up tonight. It's not one of the things, you know, Chris Wallace, who's the uh, the moderator tonight, I guess they released the, the six or so topics that they're gonna discuss. And that was before this Trump tax story that came out in the New York Times. Now, first off, the New York Times is not a newspaper. Let's be very clear about that. The New York Times is basically just a propaganda outlet associated with the DNC. It's not a newspaper anymore, it's just not. Um, so the fact that they released this 48 hours before the debate, um, it's very, look, Trump already said four years ago in the debates, when Hillary was going on after him about taxes and she said, you're not paying your fair share and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, that's, that makes me smart. I think that's the exact quote that he said. And the point was not that he's doing anything illegal, but you use every loophole you can. Everyone does this. Every, every media elite person right now that's saying Trump doesn't pay his fair share. Every single one of these people, and I'm guessing you, person watching this right now, when you go to your accountant, right, before tax day, and you sit down with them, what do you do? You go, well, what can I write off? What can we do so that my tax bill is less? Because nobody, even, even the bananas lefty big government progressives, nobody wants to pay taxes. They seem to think that other people should pay a lot of taxes, apparently, something like that. Um, but what I always do, I go to my accountant and I say, what can we do? I wanna, obviously it's gotta be the by, by the book, it's gotta be legal, I don't wanna do anything illegal, but I wanna pay the least amount of taxes I can. I live here in California, I'm paying Gavin Newsom an awful lot of money. I don't like that, so I would like to do it, but I don't do it illegally. The point is, if Trump had been doing illegal 
maneuvers all these years. The IRS obviously would have got him at this point. The feds obviously would have got him at this point. So they break this you know, story as if it's a story, but literally nobody cares. If anything, you get the you get the real libertarian conservative base to be more proud of him. Like, oh, he did everything he could not to pay taxes. We don't like taxes. We like small government. So now the base is into it. And then the rest of the media elite just look like a bunch of hypocrites because you know they're doing all the tricks they can all day long uh, to not pay taxes. So I think the tax thing is just, it's just a silly thing. If, if you wanna have a conversation about um, whether our tax system is screwed up, uh, well, then I'll gladly have that conversation. And by the way, in Don't Burn This Book, which is available on Amazon and at don'tburnthisbook.com, uh, I uh, lay out my uh, prescription for taxes and I basically, I'm, I'm for a flat tax with a couple, I even throw the, conser the, uh, the progressives a little something, meaning that if you're under 50 grand a year, you don't pay any tax. And if you're over 5 million, you can pay a little bit more. As I say in the book, I'm not even sure that's economically sensible, um, but I think you can do that to, to actually show that we can try to get to something that we can all agree on. So you help the poorest people, and then the people that are the richest can pay a little bit more. I'm not even sure it even makes any sense, but everyone else pays 18%, simple as that. Uh, that's what a sensible plan would be, but that's a separate issue than the people cheating on their taxes. Anyway, it's going to be completely bananas tonight. Um, I think, I'll just make one really bold prediction. I think it's very possible that if, if Biden has a complete meltdown on stage tonight, like if he really, you know, if they don't let him up there with an earpiece and he really loses it, which is very possible, it just is possible, it just is, um, I think he could be out of this race within like three days. I know that sounds nuts, um, but I really do think it's possible. Um, I should tell you guys that we will be live right here on the YouTube immediately after the debate. That's right, we're doing a double day of live YouTube streams. So the second the debate is over, I'm, I'm actually told that it'll be live a minute before the debate is over, uh, we will be live right here. So what you can do if you wanna make sure you actually see that is you can subscribe to our YouTube channel and click that notification bell. You gotta click it probably 10 times because they unsubscribe people and, and that whole YouTube game, which everybody knows about. Uh, the Ruben Report team will be eating pizza. We will be eating popcorn, drinking wine and beer. I'm curious to know what you guys will be eating and drinking during the festivities, so you can let us know at rubenreport.com. And it's, it's really, look, it's gonna be interesting, people, and we've got a crazy, crazy six weeks, five weeks roughly, ahead of us right now. It's like we've got riots, we've got a pandemic, uh, we've got uh, an election, we've got a Supreme Court situation, God only knows what other surprises are coming down the way. As I just said, I think if, if Biden falters terribly tonight, which could happen, like if he just just has that that mental collapse, it's like they could replace him. You know, Biden Biden got COVID. We're, we're gonna have to replace him. Like I think anything could happen. Again, that's not me throwing out conspiracy theories. I think just we live in a world where everything is upside down. You could wake up on any given day and there's almost no headline that you'd be like, oh no, that's impossible. Like pretty much everything seems possible, right? And that, that's just the world as it is. And I hope what I'm trying to do here is working, which is making you not feel that crazy about it. So we will be live. Uh, Michael, what time is that? That'll be about uh, 8.30. Uh, that's 8.30 Pacific. Uh, I guess that's 11.30 Eastern. Uh, so we'll be live and I'll have a few drinks in me. So we'll see what you guys can get out of me. I right, thank you for watching and enjoy the debates and go America.